Can you tell us anything about who you're throwing out there? No. News team, assemble! It's back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Sooner Scoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is another edition. It is a game week edition, ladies and gentlemen, of the unofficial 40 podcast. The entire crew is here to join you as the Sooners get ready to take on the Houston Cougars on Sunday. A Sunday and not Saturday is uh, ABC. Is ABC or ESPN televising this bad boy? It's ABC. I've seen the commercial. Like, for me, it didn't really get real until I started seeing the promos on ESPN. I was like, damn, OU's playing a big football game this weekend. So welcome in. Welcome to the program. Uh, Josh McQuistian, uh, the golden pipes of Josh McQuistian, joins us. I did... Uh, I did chide him a little bit before the podcast started about his microphone acumen so uh josh you did not escape my wrath today i'm sorry well why would this day be any different than the rest i mean something i had to have screwed up i wouldn't say that i say you screw things up uh i just bitch a lot uh eddie radosevich is here as well eddie uh has been handling national media guys who ask loaded questions uh in the last 24 hours well, I mean, it just it comes with the territory when you ask somebody if he throws the football, how he throws the football. Well, it was such a it was such a loaded question too. I'm going to play this real quick. It was and we're talking about Dennis Dodd, who was in town uh, from CBS Sports, uh, which I'm surprised. Still, already to be honest a, with you, I mean, like you say, it's a bad start. He's, I know he's a Cardinals fan, so that's a bad start. Teleconferences. Uh, what was it? The American Athletic Conference killed ACC. their tele- ACC. ACC killed, killed their tele, tele their teleconference. Uh, which Eddie has been correct on this. It is for the olds. It's not necessary. And the only people that get on those are people at little tiny radio stations that nobody listens to anymore. It just, it, it's like shocking to me sometimes the stuff that we have to go through as far as a teleconference. Uh, I, I just, you rarely there's no, ever there's get no anything place out of it in a either. teleconference. The coaches don't want to be there. The media that are there have been up for like nine hours because it's usually at nine a.m. Yeah, it's like it, it's right in the old playbook though. <laughs> uh, and so I, like to me, I bet. In fact, I would say, I, let me add this: I bet ninety percent of the people that participate, like actually participate and use the teleconference, are calling in from their home phone. See, like your surprise. <laughs> I bet that's right. And they have like equipment from like 1980. Oh, they're recording the like the phone off it's the hook. It's that thing. Still on the, it's that yes, thing. That, the little suction yes. cup that <laughs> yes. goes on the yeah. landline. Uh, so anyway, like that's one thing that you've earmarked that needs to be gotten rid of. Like it's past its time. I agree. Uh, to me, CBS Sports, like I'm surprised it still survives to this day. Because other than just having a massive amounts of money and, and CBS, the network, but CBS sports itself. Like everybody remembers. Well, not it. You guys probably Bob probably remembers this. Josh maybe remembers it. like sports line was like mm-hmm. one of the first yep. things on the internet. Like it was a big damn deal. And CBS bought sports line. And so you had CBS sports line, and it was, ba- I hate to say this is kind of like Yahoo, you know, and they both kind of, you know, filtered away as time goes on. Uh, Google came up and then, you know, ESPN came up and CBS went down. And so, like, that they have a national columnist to me is still surprising. 
and it's Dennis Dodd, and he was here yesterday, uh, and he'd asked the loaded question, which, it, because he's trying to make national news, I mean, probably, he wants his name on a story, uh, but it wouldn't have happened because it all would have been aggregated out and would have blown up and all that stuff. But he asked Jalen Hurts, uh, well, I'll just... I, no, I he didn't, because he didn't stay for Jalen. Or not, He asked C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, uh, a, I think his question is on... Yeah, it is, because I bumped it up. Here it is. Uh, that's, that's probably the biggest thing. No, that wasn't it. Um, okay, 0 for 1. Let's try it again. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a... I, yeah, I definitely hit the wrong thing. Here we go. How's his ball compared to Baker and Kyler? You can really compare those. Uh... I mean, shit. <laughs> CD. At the end of the day, Silly. he's still 2019, a ball. Twenty nineteen, Eddie. But are softer, more accurate, less accurate? Not. I don't know how that really asks that one. He like throws it overhand though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, there was Eddie's little shot at the loaded question. It's just funny. Do we really have to ask that question, though? Like, we've seen Jalen Hurts throw the ball. Like, it's not going to be a surprise. I just never like, know. Spencer like, Spencer Rattler, it's, that's if not, you ask him, that, you haven't seen Spencer Rattler, so it's okay, I think, to ask that question, but not to Jalen Hurts. That's not the first time or that that question's been asked or the first time that question's been posed, but I always wonder, like, what are they trying to get out of that? Is it more of just hearing yourself talk to ask a question and be there, or do you really want to know? Like, is I'm going to say be this. From a national perspective, it's a legitimate question. I know you don't want to hear that, but it is a legitimate question. From I, a don't, national Mar- I guess I don't understand. In March, it. I don't it understand. Is. It. Yeah, <laughs> not that's on true. August twenty eighth, like not before the first game. They've been working together for eight months together now. Yeah, if you're coming out of spring, you know, and you haven't, you know, everything's closed, and it's before the scrimmage or something like that. Maybe, but oh well. That is that's completely we're just, loaded. We're just at we're, and I think everybody Media is like this way to start the podcast. Well, no, we're just at the point where it's like okay, it's even yesterday's right. Yesterday's availability probably didn't even need to happen because there's nothing else we can ask these guys. Uh, I can tell you though that, uh, and Carrie, you put it out there this morning. I believe we're going to get a depth chart while we record as this. we do the podcast. Breaking so news! You're going to get a live here. breakdown. Yeah, we'll give you our instant reactions. <laughs> like, no need for an emergency pod. It'll be happening <laughs> as we're doing this. It's just happening. Something break in the other room? I heard something fall, but I don't know what it was. Expensive things in the other room. Uh, so, I, I, I tell you what, let's start this way before we get into a lot of team stuff, because Josh might have to bolt out of here earlier. He's headed to Frisco tonight uh, to see uh, Nate, not Alexander, but Anderson. Uh, for Frisco Reedy, my nephew's high school. And uh, uh, so, Josh, let's start out with recruiting because, I mean, people were asking me this morning. Uh, I think even someone asked me, like, is this the biggest recruiting weekend in OU history? Like, I was like, mm, no. no. What gives you that impression? But it's it's not the biggest weekend in history, but tell us what is happening this weekend with OU in regards to recruiting. You know, it's a really solid start. It, honestly, when Bob and I talked about this on the pod a couple of weeks ago, what this weekend could look like, frankly, it's come out a little better than I thought it would. I mean, you look down the list, uh, Anton Harrison, Aaron Parks, probably at this point with the commitment of Jonah Monheim to USC, probably Oklahoma's top two most likely offensive line targets. Um, Aaron Parks being a top 
60 guy in the country. Anton Harrison being a Rivals 250 guy. I mean, they're very elite offensive linemen who are both coming in this weekend for their official visits. Uh, you look on the defensive side of the ball, Trayvon Ripka, a Kentucky commitment, Phillip Webb, a Rivals 100 linebacker from Georgia. Uh, one of the really interesting ones kind of staying on that Georgia note is Jaheim Bell uh, from Valdosta, Georgia, a guy that, you know, I, I always tell people, okay, he's listed as an athlete, whatever. In this case, there really does seem to be a, okay, he's big, he's fast, he's talented. We'll find somewhere for him to fit in. Like, I really don't get the indication that there is a clear idea at this moment where he'll fit into this class if he was to commit so he'll be a really interesting guy to watch plays a lot of receiver at valdosta but he does um like i said six three two ten can run you can use the guys like that at a lot of different places so we'll, we'll kind of see what plays out the guys that i am really watching though i think when you you say okay who do we want to keep an eye on i think noah renze the defensive end from Wester, webster groves that's felt like a win, not if situation for a long time, but we're getting to the tail end of that. It's kind of like Jonah Monheim. At some point, your momentum just regresses. And I think that's after this weekend, if he leaves campus and hasn't either given Oklahoma a clear indication of I'm coming or something else, they're going to have to make some choices. They can't wait on him forever. They need bodies on the defensive line, and he's a guy they want, but at some point you've got to make sure – that you're not, you know, you don't left, uh, you're not left standing when the music stops. So he's a guy to watch. And Ramon Henderson, the um, he's listed as a wide receiver on Rivals, but I am told he is a cornerback target, a kid out of Bakersfield, California, that really Oklahoma hadn't felt like they were that involved with until here recently, and it's really picked up over the last few weeks. He's coming in. I think most people think he's a Notre Dame lean right now, but Oklahoma could make a big run there. And then, I mean, we can go down the list further, but you get into 2021 and 2022, and that's where I see a little bit different group um, than some weekends we've seen in the past where there maybe was a little light on the younger guys. They've got a lot of good big-time guys with offers coming to campus. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is because it's Sunday night. You don't have to worry about someone playing a late game Friday night and having to be in Norman by 11 o'clock in the morning the very next day. Now, I mean, they can go to, like, Texas or go to any other school they want on Saturday and still be able to get to Norman on Sunday night. And Labor Day being Monday, I mean, obviously I'll be back for high school practice in the afternoon, but they can take their time and really make this as big as they possibly want to. And another name I want to talk about, is it big at this point to get Jace McClellan back on campus? I think it is. You know, and it was one of those things that I think is interesting because I've talked before. You know, his mother, Mia, is somebody I talk to a lot. I talk to her, frankly, much more than I talk to Jace. And speaking to her, she's always very open with, you know, when I'll hit her up early in the week, you know, hey, you guys coming – it's usually like, ah, eh, we'll know Thursday night, Friday morning. Like, they don't usually plan that far out in advance just because she's got grandkids that she helps with. She's got other children. I mean, there's just a lot of moving parts in their world. And so it's hard for her to plan that far in advance. But this week, they were like, oh, yeah, we're booked. We're set up. Everything's, you know, like th there was no doubt. So I think it is a really good sign because there have been a lot of rumors and innuendo that something is not right with McClellan in Oklahoma. But every time you talk to them, they act like this is fine. We're great. They, I know she's got a great relationship with the coaching staff. There's a lot of familiarity and trust there. And so I, I think Oklahoma is in a really good place with him. But at the same time, 
whenever there are so many schools, you know, I, when it, things aren't looking great for the way running back recruiting is going for Texas or if, if something doesn't go right at A&M, you don't want anything to be – you don't want to give an excuse for you know a school to be able to say, well, why don't you come take a look at us? Why don't you come down to Austin and check everything out? You want to make that as difficult for them to do as possible, and you do that by developing these relationships, and that's that's something Oklahoma's done very well here. I'm sorry, I, and, and I, I bolted out because I, we had some banging noise in the other room. I had to go check out. Uh, but what I, I, maybe you address this. We know from Atlanta that, you know, a, Aaron Parks, AJ Parks was such a so enthralled with OU and Bill Biedenboe. Is there a chance that he pulls the trigger and just commits this weekend on an official visit? I wouldn't rule it out, you know. But he is a kid that has already committed once, has backed away from that. To Penn State, I, I right? Would, yeah, yeah. He he was committed to Penn State for a while, but I mean, when you talk to people, it doesn't sound like Penn State's all that much of a reality for him. It sounds like he is a kid that is very much considering getting far away from home. I keep hearing OU, A&M, and Alabama with him. And so any of those choices, obviously, far away from home. He has been, you know, we we had him on camera. It probably is a good time for us to kind of run that interview back out on Twitter. But he was very open talking to Eddie and I about how much he liked Bill Biedenboe, liked Oklahoma's history of offensive linemen and how they're putting guys in the NFL. And when you throw on top of that, he is such an ideal fit for what we talk about every time we talk about offensive linemen in this podcast, he can play guard, he can play tackle, he even played some center at the five star. So I mean, like that—that's Bill Biedenboe's perfect guy. That 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 he can really say, "I'm going to put you wherever gives me my best five. I don't have to put you at left guard because that's the only spot you can play." He gives OU versatility, much in the same way that I think that was part of what they liked about Jonah Monheim. There was that same ability to kind of mix and match their offensive linemen. Josh, I think it might be a little early to ask this, but is this a either-or with Parks or Harrison, or could this be an and situation going down the road? I think down the road, I, I really – I'm just one of those people, you know, and I, I think anybody that listens to me knows this, you can, you've never heard a head coach, an offensive coordinator, anybody on our coaching staff say, we've just got too many good offensive linemen. We just have too many. Like – it's such a small and finite, you know, um, talent or skill to have. You can't find those big guys. And so for me to say, oh, you would just mark these guys, oh, boy, I don't see it. I, now, do I think they could take both this weekend? No. I, I think they know the numbers aren't there right now. But I think they'll keep, you know, say Parks wanted to get in and they felt really good about Harrison. I think they would still keep recruiting Harrison, still keep working on him. And then if the door opens up later on down the road, hey, come on board. We want you. So there's there's a lot of hills to go over for both those guys. I don't expect either one to pull the trigger this weekend. But at the same time, and also you, you add Marcus Doomerville into the conversation as well. So, I mean, I, I still think in a perfect world, Oklahoma would like there to be two more offensive linemen in this class. And I think they'll probably get there. But, you know, it, it's hard to know for sure at this point. Biggest, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, well, let's first off, let's kind of catch everybody up on 2020 and kind of where the Sooners are. And I know a lot of people are hearing stuff about Texas and you know them getting all these commitments recently. Uh, but realistically, what what is what is left on 2020? What's the most important thing? 
Uh, we don't have to get in, you know, potential of a quarterback or anything like that. But um, what's what's out there? What do they tr- what do they need? What are they you know? What are the 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 key areas that they're focusing on right now? For me, I, you know, I, like I said, I it's not. <laughs> It's something everybody takes for granted. They need at least one more offensive lineman, though. I mean, like, and they're good. Their guy, they're going to get a good one. I think that's why you don't hear a lot of talk about it because yeah. it's Bill Beatonbow. Like, it's going to work out. I get it. I think where you say, okay, these are positions where Oklahoma needs to add bodies and they need to get the right guys are cornerback and kind of on the edge. Like, if you want to say those down defensive ends or a rush linebacker, you can kind of lump those two together. I mean, they're not interchangeable on the defense, but as far as that's how you can look at it. They they need pass rushers, and they need corners. Like that, that's really where I pick up the emphasis, excuse me, emphasis on what's happening in recruiting right now. Part of that is Ramon Harrison coming in this weekend. Part of that is Trayvon Ripka. Part of that is Philip Webb, who could play that rush linebacker. So they are trying to address it. They're working on all of that. Um, but at the same time, unlike offensive line, you can't see, okay, that guy's clearly the guy. You know, whether whether it's Aaron Parks or Anton Harrison or Marcus Dumerville, you'd bet Oklahoma gets one of those guys in the offensive line. On the defensive line and at rush linebacker and even at cornerback, I don't know the guy that you say, okay, if all else fails, they'll get him. And so that that's where it's interesting. Now, they're doing good work. I mean, they're, they're getting a lot of big-time guys in. I mean, like I said, Ripka's committed to Kentucky, picked them over home state Tennessee. He's got a lot of good offers. OU was his first major offer. So they've done some good job with evaluation, things like that. But at some point, they're going to have to close on these guys. So, I, I, like I said, I think and it's, it shouldn't be a surprise to any OU fan. All, defense is the focus right now because they need to land some of these guys to start to – fill in the gaps on that defense. You know what's funny, Josh, is we all talk about defense. I actually lean toward receiver because we sort of knew Spencer Rattler might scare off 2020 quarterbacks. But have we, Bridges and Hazelwood, scared off 2020 receivers? This is just seems odd to yeah, me that they is. can't land. There's no momentum either, really. And you, yeah, I mean, built. you're hearing about more targets like leaving or they're not recruiting in like Marvin Mims going Stanford and you had the Bishop Gorman kid end up going to Washington. It feels like those targets are dwindling. And like, like you said about corner, like, Oh, they're going to get this guy. If nothing else, I feel at receiver, there's not one of those guys either. Well, they had a a guy scheduled to come in and we've talked about this a little bit on the board. Uh, Arian Smith uh, from Lakeland, Florida was expected to come in for an official visit. He was set. And then, as it was explained to me, while Oklahoma was kind of finalizing the trip details, I think the coaching staff at Lakeland realized their game was on Sunday. They didn't know. You know, I mean, and I, I know fans are like, how could they not know? <laughs> Man, those coaches got a hundred things going on at a place like Lakeland. They've got a bunch of recruits. There's a lot to keep track of. Like, these things can slip through. So, what I understand is they found out the game was on Sunday and that his official visit was going to be Saturday through Monday rather than Saturday through late night Sunday or Friday, you know, just kind of depending on how their schedule worked. Well, Lakeland has a, as a rule, and he's, it's kind of an old school coaching staff. If you miss a practice, you don't play the following week. Well, they're practicing on labor, labor day, Monday on Monday morning. So the, you know, all the other players can go and spend time with their families and enjoy labor day and all that good stuff. Well, 
there's no way that Oklahoma could have had Arian Smith back to Florida for the Monday practice, so he would have had to miss out on their following game. Well, obviously, he doesn't want to do that, so the, the visit ended up getting squashed, but he is a speed guy that really fits what Oklahoma seems to be looking for with the Marvin Mimses and the Gary Bryants. I I still think Oklahoma feels they've got a chance with Gary Bryant. I know a lot of people have written them off, and that's fine. I mean, I, I, I think I would lean in that direction, but Oklahoma has not given up on Gary Bryant. Um, do you throw in the Arian Smith kid, like I said, who I would expect will reset that official visit. He'll take it at some point. Um, but being a Florida guy, you don't want to wait too long. You don't want to bring him in in November. That could be problematic for you. So, like I said, I, I agree that there's not the obvious choice. Now, I will say the guy in the uh, – some of this is born of a lot of OU fans not liking what's there at receiver right now. Brian Darby is flat out a better player than people realize. Like I, I don't think he gets his credit for being really, really good. This is a guy that – you know, Dennis Simmons, who landed three five-star receivers last year, and Lincoln Riley, who I think we can all agree has a pretty good eye for talent, saw one night at a camp with almost nothing to compete with him, and they were like, we'll offer you and we'll take you right now. I, that's a pretty bold thing to say when you're OU and can go recruit the country. Well, and, okay, so here's here's the other thing, is when you don't seem to be building momentum and other people do, uh, I, I think the worst thing that could happen is you kind of lose momentum with, with the players that you already have committed. Uh, is there any, have there been any signs out there that, you know, that, that OU is in danger of, you know, I mean, we all know about like, like Jace McClellan and things, but you know, is there any danger that you've heard or any buzz about any kids maybe looking elsewhere, uh, that are already committed? Not uh, you know, you mentioned Jason McClellan. I think everybody knows about that. Ryan Watts is one of these ones that you kind of always keep hearing, like, "Oh yeah, he's going to look around. He's going to do this." And then as months go by, he's not doing anything, happens. right? Yeah. <laughs> so like, you're like, at some point, the rubber has to meet the road. He's going to have to start taking some trips if he's going to, you know, decide in December, which is my understanding of what the plan is. So that. Like I said, I'm going to continue to keep an eye on that because I hear that from people I trust. But at the same time, even people that are good and know what's going on, things can change. So you just you don't ever know how that'll play. The guy that I'm going to keep an eye on, and it's not really it's not at all that I'm hearing he's looking around or he's unsure or you know anything like that is Edron Cooper, the linebacker commitment from Louisiana. I I know a lot of people that think he could really kind of blow up this year he could have a huge senior year and then you start to see you know he had some sec attention mississippi state some of those kind of things but what happens if lsu gets involved or auburn gets involved or some of these other little more high profile sec programs and again especially lsu the home state school that's a tough win for oklahoma now it's not to say they can't do it because they've had all these months of saying hey we were there for you we bought into you we believed in you and he's taking his official this weekend, right? He is. And that's obviously that's a huge deal for Oklahoma. I'm going to actually drive over and see him in about three or four weeks. So, you know, we'll have some video and all this kind of stuff. But some of the the early scrimmage stuff I've seen of him, he looks fantastic. So he's and he's a guy that on tape, he's fast and he, he's a big hitter. Like what's not to like about that tape? So uh, people will take note of him. So if you're going to see him in three or four weeks, that means he'll be decommitted by uh, October 12th, the yeah. weekend of October 12th. 
my, my, you know, our site, the track record of going to see uh, SEC area talent is just see that's bang the thing up. too. Have we ever like, done that? Like, I, I, I already yeah. paid Josh for all his trips. So like, what? I'm I'm the stupid one. <laughs> like, why did I do that, Josh? We just we just wait until they do uh, their national signing day. Is what we do. Well, I mean, you know, I'm going to see Edrin. I'm going to see Brock Vandegrift next see, weekend. And Josh I mean, just can't wait to schedule trips to the SEC country because he's just building up miles on, on Sooner Scoop's backside, and he's going to end up getting a nice family vacation out of it because he's all be well going to dis- decommit. Be well oh, I'm sorry. Do, do, was it not well known that these are just frequent flyer miles <laughs> for me? That's all, that's all I... Like, I don't actually go to the games. I farm that work out. I just hang out in the hotel. That's smart. That's a smart move. <laughs> That's what that's what we'll be doing if OU ever goes back to the Russell Athletic Bowl or the Camping World Bowl. Actually, we're oh, just I didn't sending, have to go to that. We're just so. sending Bob. We're not even oh, sending Eddie. I'm going to Disney World then. Over two. <laughs> if you like Orlando and you want to go, that that's fine. Bob, think long and hard. You don't want to go this. cover. You would not go cover hard. that, would you? That Eddie? was the uh-uh. worst trip ever. I could make By a really far. bad Orlando joke right now if we wanted. Orlando, no, because I know where a, you're going. What? Mass no, shootings? Sir. No. No, sir. <laughs> no mass shootings. I wasn't going to say anything about Pulse nightclub, but I might have been. <laughs> and that, I just that way I to did know the get, nightclub. That way I did get the name out, so at least that's good for me. Maybe. Unbelievable. I think it's better that there's the threat of something that could end us all is there. Threat level midnight? Except, no, you can never tell that, Joe. No, I wouldn't. Uh, okay, so anything else that you think deserves to be mentioned recruiting-wise, Josh, uh, with the weekend coming up? Or, I mean, hell, even, you know, what you're up to, what, you know, and what the guys are, what you guys are up to here in the room, Bob and Eddie. Well, we'll I'll just go briefly kind of last few things in the weekend. It's just like I mentioned in the lead, 2021, 2022, a lot of big-time guys coming in. You've got in-state guys that are expected like Ethan Downs, Kendall Daniels, uh, AJ Green can't make it. One of the ones that's interesting is Bryce Stevens from John Marshall, a guy that I'm really high on. Could be a receiver, could be a corner. He's got the kind of speed that Oklahoma likes in that secondary. So maybe Oklahoma pursues him as a corner and wants him and Green to be their two corners. I mean, both real long speed guys. So you could you could kind of make sense of that. And then in 2022, Oklahoma's hosting a Marion Harris, a big offensive tackle from Little Rock. Uh, that has been, he, he wanted to come to the barbecue, couldn't quite make it. It's going to come out for this event. A Mecca Megwa, a big running back from Nolan Catholic in Fort Worth, that is probably the closest thing I've seen to Samaje Pirine. I mean, as far as that young and just a massive, jacked up guy. Uh, Gentry Williams, the, the almost no doubt number one guy in the state for 2022, is coming back. He was there for the barbecue, he'll be there for this. I think Oklahoma is just continuing to build their lead with him. So, uh, and finally, you know, we mentioned tonight I'll be in Frisco. I'm going to go see Nate Anderson, the offensive line commitment. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to go see Duda Banks, the uh, 2021 defensive end offer. And then on uh, Saturday I'm going to go up to Dallas to watch Broken Arrow play uh, Mansfield, see Andrew Rame, see Marion Horn, who Horn will also be there this weekend at the uh, at the OU game. So it, it should be a busy i mean it's it's probably be my only three game weekend all season but i'm looking forward to it josh let me ask you real quick uh just because it's local uh or i guess local inside the state uh what do you kind of expect out of broken arrow this year well i mean you look at it 
they still seem like the most talented team in the state. Kind of what I'm thinking. Um, they're huge up front, as we saw this spring. I mean, yeah. they've just got bodies on bodies. A um, lot of experience coming back. They've uh, defensively, I think they're having to replace quite a few parts, so that might be a little interesting to watch early in the year. Uh, this is a good test for them. Mansfield is not what they've been. You know, through some of the Kennedy Brooks years, uh, they're not quite on that level. But that's still a really talented team from an area that produces a lot of Division One talent. So they'll have some guys. Um, but, no, I, 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 they would probably be my pick, them or Union. I think they're fairly interchangeable. Although I think it's as good a year in 6A as I can remember because Owasso I could make an argument for. And Jinx is friggin' Jinx. Jinx will be good. We know Adam Gaylor will have that defense – kind of back up to the level we're used to uh being no one doubt of the better about that so i mean you know other than being a cubs fan he's a great guy yeah so um that's a chink in the arm he's a bears there. fan yeah. too yeah. it's awesome people have lost their jobs for saying that carry <laughs> <laughs> i talked to adam about cubs and bears it's fantastic it will be uh oh god i'm never going to be around you it's going to be it's going to be kind of interesting to see what happens in 6a i i do think that now that ba has gotten over that hump it's going to be interesting to see if they can build on it and kind of become like that it program. Am I crazy or did I think that so one of you guys told me after the spring that when you saw Jinx, you thought it might not be a good year for them? I still think I, I might have said that. I still think that they're probably going to be for Jinx. For Jinx. Yeah. You know, and we're you using know, air quotes. They'd be for, the for best what they team are. on the West Side. Sure. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Oh, I, mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, and that's sort of that division is almost getting worse I mean, and worse. Uh, Putnam City North kind of up and coming but i might be biased <laughs> they got their own stadium now that's that's, that's a, a that is a beautiful stadium yeah how I you feel about UConn, a little Eddie? bit bigger what mm-hmm. i said how you feeling about yukon i don't know i i mean i i think that uh it's jeremy reed right i think he's yep. really good like at what he does and what they try to instill as far as a high school program i think they're definitely doing it the right way uh, I've been kind of waiting for Mustang to make that move, but they really haven't over the last couple of years. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be uh, fun. I mean, and then Bob and I will be uh, going tonight to go check out Brendan Walker, uh, Bishop McGinnis, Dominic Richardson, as well. So uh, that should be. It's here. It definitely is here. Yeah, I feel so, like I dropped the ball with Walker last year. So many times could have could have seen him, and instead was keeping more on track about Richardson and realizing OU wasn't looking at him as much. So I didn't see the Irish nearly as many times as I should have. So I'm going to try to do back-to-back weeks with Walker here to get a feel of who he is. They play Dell City, which uh, you know of. Always a good Tremendous game. Tremendous athletes Always a good game. to start the season next Friday. So that's, I feel like that's they've had some just banking on. battles the last couple of years. They have. It's been a lot of fun. I just want to watch Rajon Tatum and Brendan Walker collide just for three or four snaps. Like that would be that's, – that's good. that's good TV. I think that'd be really good. As we uh, we are now two minutes away, two minutes from the start of the depth tro- depth three two <laughs> chart one. reveal, depth chart reveal, Facebook live. And I'll tell you right now, the season is won and lost in the next thirty minutes. I'm, I'm only here for the Facebook comments. That that's what Eddie said. They're going to be good. They're going to be really good. I can I can only imagine what it's going to be well, like. Two years ago, they did a thirty minute show on Fox Sports. I don't I mean, remember I what they like did last year. Thing, they didn't right? do anything last year. Here, real quick, before we uh, before it gets into it, any surprises? Yeah, because this is think? live. I mean, Harry, uh, on the depth chart, right? 
But what is, what, think, what is technically a surprise? Yeah, because it depends how much they use or. I know that you. If, they, they, don't, only, uh, if they don't make any d- definitive. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be they're going to be able to put ors. I mean, like even if Trajan Bridges had had a great camp, do you really think they're going to put him above a guy like Basquin, Nick Basquin, who has fought tooth and nail to get back and, and play not. this year? It'd be an or Ugh. situation. Um, I mean, the the most I could see on offense is if they put Braden Willis ahead of. Uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Hall. Hall. I, I, I mean, is that? But I don't think that would be a. Too. I think it'll be an or, but I don't even think that would be a surprise, would it? Is like I kind of expect it, just RJ, because of seniority. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. R.J. Proctor going to be an or like at three different positions. <laughs> I think he's the starting left tackle, and then he's an or at the <laughs> right and the left guard spots probably. Now, Bill Beatonbow has said that his backup center is Isaiah MacGyver, I believe. Ian. Ian MacGyver, who is a walk-on. Uh, so, I don't know that that really instills... I mean, like, usually, what that says to me is... Uh, so, Tyrese Robinson, I've been told, is going to be, you know, one of the starters Sunday. Now, I don't know if that means there'll be an or there with uh, Bray Walker, but... I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because they're young and I'm overthinking this, but usually your second best guard is, or your 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 first guard or something will be an or with the center. I mean, not or, but a, a backup at center. Like that, and, you know, they've had years where Jonathan Alvarez played. You know, remember when Ty Darlington was a center, Jonathan Alvarez was the backup center, but he was also the starting guard. So it doesn't really seem like they have that situation. And I don't know, maybe it's because they're so young, they just want those guys to concentrate on one position. It's already out. Offensive depth chart. The entire thing, huh? Yeah. Uh, You got Eric Swenson starting at left tackle. Marquise Hayes starting at left guard. Creed Humphrey starting at center. What? Tyrese Robinson starting at right guard. Adrian Ely starting at right tackle. There you go. And then uh, you have... We had it right. (laughs) CeeDee Lamb starting at the X. So they don't have Proctor on the two deep... Oh, the Proctor's only on the two... That's a bunch of bullshit right there. (laughs) <laughs> they have Proctor as the backup left guard to Marquise Hayes. That's a they're playing mind games there. He's the starting left tackle. Swinson's hurt. I I I'm with Carey. Please God, I'm with Carey. <laughs> Shaved head coming. Yeah, I've already told uh, Tiffany. I've been telling Tiffany all week. I'm like, I think the hair's going to be okay. I think the hair's going to be okay. I I mean, I, he's got. They've got Finley Felix as the backup right tackle. I mean, I think he might be the backup right tackle because he's. He's not. I've been told he can't go anywhere near the field as a starter at left. Like he's had a really bad, bad camp from what I've been told. Can you finish the starter? Okay, I, I'm I don't sorry. have it in front of me. Ceedee Lamb uh, at the X. Okay. Uh, then you have uh, Nick Basquin as a starting slot, uh, and then you have Michael Jones or Drake Stoops backing him up. By the way, Ad Miller or Theo Wee's backing up Ceedee Lamb. Get Grant Calcaterra or Lee Morris as the uh, Y or the tight end. And then you have Austin Stogner uh, as the is the de facto third teamer. The other wide oh boy, here's uh, this is interesting. Uh, the other wide receiver, the Z Trajan Bridges, uh, is the starter or Jaden Hazelwood. So you have two tra- true Where's freshmen. Rambo? I just put in the Rambo comment section is in all caps. Or so? Rambo's an or. Rambo's an or. Yeah. So okay. if you go, yeah, alphabetical that is. So it's either Rambo, Bridges, or Hazelwood. And it's all or, so they didn't name a starter. Uh, running back, they've got Kennedy Brooks or Trey Sermon with TJ Pledger, third team. Uh, there's no or on quarterback, so Tanner Mordecai is the number two. Spencer Rattler is the number three. 
But there is an or on the fullback. Jeremiah Hall or, <laughs> Willis or Hall? Braden Willis. So and, there you go. In the Facebook comment section, I just put all <laughs> No, caps, you didn't. Who thinks OU's going undefeated? <laughs> and what does someone immediately reply to Eddie? Josh is in trouble. <laughs> really? Son of a... Yeah, that uh, Britt Brown just replied, Josh is That's in trouble. That's funny. <laughs> if I've been blocked from the OU football Facebook page, I can't reply. I can't do anything. Hmm. Well, I guess we know who's running the account. Do you have to follow to reply? That's I was going to say. Do you have to like it first, and then Probably. you're allowed to say something? Mm, no. Do what's, I like it? You know what's really messed up? That, never mind. Okay. I don't like it or follow it. I don't know what's happening. It's live, but it's just a picture of the... Uh-huh. Are they talking? I don't know. I can turn it up. Hold on. Well, preseason yep. running back. There it is. Yeah, they're talking. Just committed to violation. Plank. What's up, Plank? Plank is a big fan of the show. We we like Chris Plank. He does a great job. For sure. Love Plank. Yep. Uh, Brings me on when he knows it's going to... Oh, there we go. I put hit. I hit sixty-five comments, and there we go. Should I type oh. LFG blank and but leave the F in <laughs> with all caps? Eddie, Eddie's just having a field day in the comment section. I thought Landry Jones might get the nod <laughs> at QV. Oh my God! Sermon and Brooks. I can I say that I'm maybe a little surprised that Sermon isn't listed ahead of Brooks. I know they're or, but it really doesn't matter. Should I should I tell him that I'm calling total BS on the RJ on the offensive line? Yes. What did Bill say? He he feels confident with seven, and then there's an eighth guy. Yeah, there's coming an eighth on. guy coming on. Uh, but what the main thing Bill said was this. Now Plank's still talking. God damn it. Oh, that's a GD. People really don't like GDs. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Problematic. Oh, boy. Um, this is what Bill actually had to say. Turn it up. Turn it down. Can you tell us anything about who you're throwing out there? No. Uh, actually, he <laughs> did. Uh, he did. I, I tried to butter him up before I asked him that. Uh, and uh, that didn't exactly... That wasn't exactly the uh, uh, the way that it went. Yeah. I will say, Carrie, from what we uh, when we talked to Bill yesterday. Hey, oh, okay, here it is, Eddie. Go ahead. How do you feel about you know the starting lineup you're going to put out there, and do you you expect that you know you'll have guys ready to to go in and out depending on, or do you feel? I mean, I guess do you feel yeah. solid about it going? Yeah, out? I do, I do. But like I said last time, I mean, until those guys go out there, you never you never really know, you know, but. We've been practicing good. They've been pre- preparing good. So now it's just about, you know, getting out there, getting on the field, you know, seeing what your starting point is. This is a starting point, you know. So as long as, um, you know, it's a good starting point and then we get better from there, I think we'll be fine. You know, now how much depth, I don't know. I don't know for sure. You know, we may f- have to find out. Um, I think we got six, seven that you feel pretty good about. You know, there's an eighth guy kind of coming on, you know, but you never know. Some guys may be forced to play. Can you tell us anything about who you're throwing out there? No. So, yeah. No, it wasn't <laughs> Thank worth you. Up. <laughs> no. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> one word. I love when Bill gives those one-word one answers. 
if I would say this, Josh, like if they are trying to hide the R.J. Proctor thing, it's because they don't want them to know who their starting left tackle is. Which, which makes sense. I mean, you know, it's because a guy Because is that, there their guy that, I mean, they have a young guy, I can't even remember his name, that played like four games and had like five sacks or something at the end of last year. I imagine that's probably who they're trying. They're probably trying to make sure he's not switching sides or if he is on that side that he doesn't have a chance. Because there's, let's face it, there's a lot of tape on R.J. Proctor out there. Exactly. that. that I mean, there is, they can look at him. Eric Swenson, where they can yeah. go look at his high school tape, they're not going to know anything on him. Proctor, they can build a little bit of a book on. All right, we got a uh, starting defense We have a now. defense? All right. Across the front, Perkins, Gallimore, Redman, Radley, Hiles, Sylvie at the nickel, or okay. uh, Mike Murray, Will, Ryan Jones, or Deshaun White. Ryan Jones listed first. Well, uh, it's all alpha, all the ors are here, alphabetical. Here's a little bit of a surprise, mm, maybe. This is Nick Benito listed at the Russian starter alongside John Michael Terry. Is that an or? Yes, yes it sir. is an or. Yes, sir. And then uh, Motley. And oh, wait, wait. David Aguebu is number three at the Russian. You know, they. I'm telling you, all I've heard is he's scary, just athletic. I mean, he's he better because he's skinny. He is. He better be able to play without people touching him or getting their hands on him uh there has been a starter at cornerback eddie named quarterback corner oh cornerback a definitive starter which this is the weirdest thing parnell motley and no jordan parker anywhere it's very interesting should have written that story i'm sorry Jordan, jordan parker's behind trey brown Oh, there he is. Okay. So he's on the other side of it. Uh-huh. Again, but it, could be don't want to give anything away on the defensive side. It's like, hey, let's come let's screw with him at least at one position on each each side. So we're not putting any stock in any of these. This is basically what we're saying. No, I mean I will say I was told that Jordan Parker got banged up a little bit. Right. Uh, and uh, that Motley's played really, really well. I I will say, backing up Motley is listed as Jaden Davis. I, I keep hearing he's had a really good sp- summer in camp. Like yeah, you really see Jaden Davis, was. and there's Miguel Edwards along with Jaden Davis listed as co-backups. Yeah, yeah. But you do not see Woody Washington. Woody Washington's behind uh, Turner. Oh, it's strong strong safety. safety. There it is. Which makes a lot of sense. He's got more size than any of the other corners in this class. So I I wondered if maybe he'd get a look. He does have great size. Mm -hmm. He's a big, good-looking guy. And what's interesting there is he's an or with Robert Barnes, who, I don't know, guys. I mean, Bob, let me ask you this. Like, do you kind of get a sense like Robert Barnes? Not that he's in the doghouse, but... There's not really like a whole lot of love for Robert There's Barnes. Not, and he was the guy I thought would emerge and sort of be the star the next two, three years, and it hasn't panned out that way at all. If it's injuries, if it's just he's not really gelling with what Grinch is wanting to get done. But I mean, we talked to him like back the first day of camp, basically, and you didn't get the feeling like he was about to make that leap. Yeah. And that's a little concerning because he needed to be. He needed to be someone who felt like this was his last year. We talked about to, that on one of the pods. Like yes. He seemed kind of defensive and um, you know, not really outgoing. I have angered some people in the Facebook group. Facebook group. <laughs> 
You've three year letterman your way into the Facebook I just, group. My basically. last one was Does any, all caps, does anyone think Jalen Hurts is actually an Alabama spy? That's what my cousin's husband told me. <laughs> Someone responded, You sound like an old. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And I think we will all exit out of that together. Log out. There we go. Okay. Uh, let's see. We we mentioned that Justin Broyles had not been named, you know, his name had not come up much. He is listed as a co-backup along with Robert Barnes at the free safety position. So Patrick Fields, Patrick, you know, I've thought about Patrick multiple Fields, times during Delarin this preseason. Yell, Parnell Motley and uh, Trey Brown. That's your starting secondary. I've actually wondered to myself, is Robert Barnes still on this team? Multiple times throughout the yeah. preseason camp, just because his name literally has not come up once. Broyles no. and Barnes have kind not of interesting. been mentioned that often. Have you guys seen him this camp? Like, have you seen Barnes moving around, like, out there at all? Only for those five minutes. That we're How does there. he, could like, is he big enough now to, like, maybe we could move you to linebacker? I think he's lost weight, personally. Really? When I've okay. seen him. He looks like he's slimmed up some. I don't know. I, yeah. I saw that Alabama hit again the other day. Josh Jacobs. Just railing yeah. into him. That was so mm -hmm. ugly. I mean, I don't know what that did to him because he told us he didn't have a concussion, which I, to me is worse. Like, if he did have it, did you have a neck injury? Like, did you have a vertebrae injury? Like, you know, what else would it be that would keep you out of spring? I'm just, uh, just looking at it now that it's been posted by Eddie here. Uh, where's Kenneth Mann? Well, he's been hurt, and that's, that's on me. That's on us, because we haven't really asked about Kenneth Mann. You remember Lincoln he announced he was, before the camp that he was lim going to be limited. Limited. So, but or now, that I mean, he, was, he, he, he actually said that he would be out to start camp. So he obviously has not uh, progressed to the point that he could get out there yet. Mark Jackson's not on there either. I, I the just saw chart. I was just noticing the same thing being brought up, Eddie. That's interesting. Of course, this Kenneth, isn't. This, Kenneth they, Mann was. They, they a, have a mic and a wheel and a captain. rush. Team he was captain. Team captain last year. Last year. Yeah. Is that not insane? I and you know what? I think it's good. Like, I we were talking to uh, Teddy Lehman this week, and he is extremely, extremely high on Oklahoma's front seven. Yeah. Now, again, we're gonna have to see it on Sunday night, but at the very least, it does give you thought. Can this group get it together? It, that's a group that has played a lot of football and a lot of football at the division at you know obviously at Oklahoma. By the well, way, guys, uh, we did one thing we didn't mention, and I was kind of curious before we started. Uh, is uh, Corey Robinson is listed third team at the uh, tackle? Oh, and they spelled his name the wrong. It's they Robinson. Did. Robinson. It's yeah. Robinson. They have Robinson. I'd fix it. It's fair to you, Carrie. It does say Robinson. It so. does it. Yeah. DM them. I'm ask them if they want to fix that. Eddie, get on there, man. Just say who's who's K Robinson. Uh, I, I logged out. Was I? The other thing was, uh, um, you know, Alex Grinch really praised Marcus Stripling, and he's backing up Ronnie Perkins, uh, and it's an or situation with he or uh, Isaiah Thomas. So, I mean, look, I mean, to feel, I mean, for, for Teddy Lehman to come out and say that, I, I mean, you look at what they're doing. I mean, this is all new people. Like, other than Ronnie Perkins and Neville and your nose tackle, but Marcus Stripling, Isaiah Thomas, who he, I don't care. I know he's been here, but he's new. 
Uh, Jalen Redmond knew. Laron Stokes knew. Corey Robertson knew. Oh, this is a good point. All the ores from the from the bagmen. All the ores are uh, listed in alphabetical order. That's what That's Harry, I said. That did you? I yeah. was listening. Yeah. You were too busy. You were too busy scanning and, and you were updating the board. The board. I know. I know. I'm not. I'm not shitting on you. Interesting. It was Josh um, that wants to shit on you, you not me. It, you said with Trajan Bridges, you noticed it right away. Yeah, they're all in alphabetical order. If it's an, an or, there goes the season. Thank God we have a limiter now on this podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Unbelievable. So, but okay. So Josh, just quickly, uh, like I said, lot. Of, uh, I mean, all these new faces on the defensive line. Kind of your thoughts on that. Well, you know, you look at this list, Ronnie Perkins, Marcus Stripling, Isaiah Thomas, those are all either Army All-American. I mean, th those are big-time recruited guys. Gallimore was an Army All-American. Jalen Redmond was a – would have been if he would have emerged a little earlier in his career. I mean, but was a, a guy that ended up top 50 in one group's ranking. So, I mean, uh, Laron Stokes had an Oregon offer. Corey Roberson, you know, was a, was a big-time guy that I think – could have really taken off last year if he hadn't gotten hurt early in the season. Then you look, you know, Kenneth Murray. I mean, like, you look, there are guys that were really highly recruited here amongst this group, and if Oklahoma can get all that pointed in the right direction, that's a lot of athleticism in the front seven. I mean, you talk about Kenneth Murray, Ryan Jones, or Deshaun White. I mean, those are three guys that can really run. Then you get Nick Benito, who's, you know, I, I almost you have to say, well, he's a South Florida guy, and that almost says – Yep, okay, he can go too. Um, th there's a lot to like there. In the secondary, if you're going to buy Parnell Motley, I mean, there, there's, <laughs> oh my God. There, there's the pieces side. to like, there's, there, I like the personnel. It's just a matter of can you get it aimed in the right direction. Now, I will say I agree. You know, I, I've seen a lot of, you know, obviously I watch when you guys, you know, bring the videos to the board, you know, stuff with Alex Grinch. It's clear depth is a problem for this defense. I mean, the, the and in his off, position, yeah, specifically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The fall off is real for some of these guys. But there is, I mean, there's every reason to think that, you know, the frontline guys should be able to make plays if they're in a position to do so, I guess you'd say. I will say this. What's, what's to me, what's most impressive about this depth chart is all the talk that we've had about, and it was real. I'm not, I'm not discounting anything, but all the, 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 conversation and in, in hand-wringing over Tim Kish's recruiting of linebackers, which was all warranted, but you look at that linebacker position, it doesn't look so bad now. I mean, uh, Levi Draper, I think that there's, you know, for the fappers out there, um, he is the backup along with Brian Mead. And then, you know, Deshaun White and Ryan, I mean, Ryan Jones, if he's really doing this. And I think Brian Osamoa was was banged up a lot of camp. So I would say that that's a good thing to see him at least listed on the depth chart because that shows even though he might not have gotten as many reps as other guys, they still believe he can be a really good player for them. They're going to do special teams? And then Nick teams? Benito up there. I mean, my God. They're going to do special teams? Nobody cares. I bet they won't. Be faster oh, to damn it. See? I can't. Look Look what you make him do, Plank. He's That's so not upset. Plank's fault. I mean, I would love to sit here and just let you guys listen to Chris Plank, but I think Sooner Sports Properties would get pissed off about that. 
So, that's interesting. Has OU released it, uh, like on Twitter, in a non-live Facebook format, so I, I could just look at offense again? Yeah, I think they put it up. Sooner Scoop uh, Twitter account, which is almost to 50,000 followers, just put it out as well. Actually, it's been okay. 10 and 15 minutes. That's, yeah, that's you wanted to reach 50,000 before the season started. Is it viable? Oh, yeah. Okay. 100%. Well... I mean, we're gonna we need, need to run. go viral. We gotta do something. I was for some reason I was thinking we had a, a week left, but no, probably not. Hey, how cool is that? Sheldon Noisy got called up to the A's today. Hmm. Very cool. You don't care. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, was, that was that was that was a that was a. That's, I've got uh, shit all right. to do. All right, I'm trying to look at. You're trying to bring up baseball and a former OU it's player I know, season. and he was really good. I mean, I like Sheldon Noisy. He was great. But I'm sitting here trying to look at the offense again to glean anything from that I missed. And I really didn't miss anything. <laughs> I mean, the offense is so known. It's just I'm still calling bullshit on this R.J. Proctor thing. Not even being at tackle lets me know. Either that or some people have really been messing with me. Yeah, the thing for me that stands out is if Rambo hasn't separated himself, yeah, that's, then that's maybe those freshmen are already going to take him over. You know, the other, and sticking at receiver, Basquin, Michael Jones, or Drake. I'll give you a Basquin, I'll get the start. I, I, I think that's a pretty safe assumption. How many here would be willing to bet Michael Jones hits the field before Drake stoops? Well, I would say if this if we were coming out of spring... No way, but we've gotten a lot of good reports on Michael Jones. Yeah, he's, he was very engaged. It, get, like Lincoln's brought he, him, like yeah, Lincoln put his name in his mouth again. Like that hadn't happened in a while. Is he the one guy that is probably the most overlooked? Yes. I saw the, uh, I think it was Sooner Gridiron or somebody put out like, you know, four days to, uh, or three days to uh, the season beginning mm -hmm. or whatever. And then it, they showed the 75-yard touchdown against TCU two yeah. years ago in the Big yeah. Ten Championship. His only just, touchdown. It was like, holy shit, I completely forgot that just that even happened. Blew right past everybody. I don't know. What I think people forget is, because I mean, he told us during spring, he yeah. asked to be redshirted after the first two games. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because all of a sudden he fell off the face of the earth and he started sucking. He knew he was still too banged up with the shoulder he asked Lincoln Riley, hey, I need to sit out the rest of the season. He was engaged the entire season. Like, he wasn't, he didn't look pissed when he was sitting on the sideline. He was part of the team. He just knew he couldn't be the guy that he wanted to be in 2018. Josh, here's, let me answer your question with your question, with my question. I, I don't know what your question would be. Um, here's my question back to your question. And it's not a question, it's a statement. Stop it. I'm so confused now. But if AD, if A.D. Miller touches the field before Theo Weiss, I'm going to lose my shit. I will, I will again offer to buzz cut my hair. <laughs> Shaving is not on the table, people. Oh, my God. Shaving was never on the table. But if, if Miller hits the field before Theo Weiss, yes. And I think, honestly, some of the coaching staff might need to consider the same. That's ridiculous. That should not happen. There's no way that should be possible. Even if Theo Weiss hasn't been great, you know what A.D. Miller is. He's never going to make an impact. I mean, he's not going to. He's not a guy that's just, going to 
change a game. Just last year, he got tackled by an umpire. Let that sink I, in. And you know what was the most surprising thing about that? He caught the ball. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm sure AD's mom listened to the pod. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Like, it's not personal. She doesn't anymore. It just is what it is. Yeah, I didn't say he can't catch the ball. I just said there is no way that he should touch the field before Theo Weeks. Agreed. Hey, against South Dakota, man, you give him the run. Let that be his career night. That's fine. But against a reasonable opponent, you need to get your guys out there that can help you down the stretch. And that's Theo Weeks. That's... It's just like what Clemson did last year with Trevor Lawrence. Sure, they could have won some games with Kelly Bryant, and they'd have been fine. They knew to win those games late in the season, there was one guy that could take them there, and they had to give him the chance to, to learn on the job and do it. That's what you've got to do with some of these young guys that are just flat out better than the guys that are in front of them. Can I just say, uh, since we're shitting on people, uh, and I want to bring up something positive for A.D. Miller, I will say this, A.D. Miller... Jeffrey Mead makes you look like Ryan Broyles. Oh, I don't know about that. I just shit on someone else to compliment someone else that I shit on. Jeff Mead had one great game in his career. No, that's what I'm saying. Jeff Mead was f***ing horrible. No, he's better than Miller. He had, a, he had better games. I don't, Against Iowa State, Jeff my Mead memory, was a viable option. My memory does not recollect such things. Jeffrey Mead was terrible. Jeffrey Mead was the anti-Carson Meyer. Like, everyone collectively hated Jeffrey Mead, even though he was a great guy. It's a great interview. He's going to be mayor of Tulsa one I day. hope he is the mayor of Tulsa. You're not going to be invited in town. I will not be I'm going to be blocked getting... by the university, and you're not even going to be allowed <laughs> in the goddamn town. It'll be Bob and I. There'll be an edict uh, by every government account, block Carrie A. Murdoch on Twitter. Yeah, he, he is... I'll never get the key to the city of Tulsa. All right. Um, Not after that. So, any any other things that anybody wants to say that they notice about these depth charts? Nothing about the depth charts as much as just maybe a... I don't even know. Not a bigger picture type thing, but any lasting ideas out of the quote-unquote preseason from OU whether it be talking to players, talking to coaches. Um, you know, I think that we talked about it last week on the podcast, just as far as every time I talk to the defensive guys, I, I kind of find myself walking away thinking like, how dysfunctional was that thing last year? Yeah. Like, it, it they go as far how to... messed up they, Yeah, they, like they tow that, that line of basically saying... You don't even understand, man. We are so glad that Alex Grinch is here and the other guys aren't. I mean, I I don't think that's, you know, it, it's not a secret that they had lost control or any hope of fixing it because that's why ultimately Lincoln did what he did and got rid of Mike Stoops. Like, sure. It just got to a point where it's like it was it was toxic. It was very toxic. I think maybe more so more toxic than I thought it was. And here's what also when I look back on and realize is, you know, we were all very like, uh, oh, Ruffin's just here to babysit. Like he was, yeah. he was there to keep that thing from just completely falling into anarchy. 
which just tells you just like he how wasn't great there to that offense call was. plays just, or like be they, a coordinator or any of that stuff. He was there to to babe not babysit. That's not the right word, but he was there to just hold it together. Not let the portal be full of the defense. Oh God, yeah. It just doesn't make sense that they've been so successful over the last two years. And I mean, it does when you look what they were offensively. But for basically half the team to be that, I don't know. I mean, I guess dysfunctional slash I don't know if they necessarily hated each other but even like the the Riley comment about and it's 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 brotherhood. It's, it's all bullshit yeah. but yeah like the brotherhood thing like I kind of felt like that was a, a little bit of a shot at, at maybe the the previous regime just as far as they kind of believe in each other maybe more so now yeah, I mean, I don't. Am I reading I don't into think it too Lincoln much? Is big on taking shots at people, yeah, especially. Yeah, I, I don't think that it, he. It wasn't intended that yeah. way, but it, I think it. Oh, kinda, I, I definitely think people will. Some people will take it that way, and you could tell he was uncomfortable even saying it, but he yeah. just felt it, so he wanted to say it. But I think if Lincoln Riley has a, you know, stays at Oklahoma, wins a national championship, writes a book one day, like the Mike Stoops final year that's a chapter i mean and if he does if if alex grinch comes in and turns it around like last year and him making that firing that people wanted him to make you know after the rose bowl like that the way that they handled it and put ruffin in charge and kept everybody from transferring and kept it turning into kept it from turning into a big mess like that's as big a deal as you know hiring alex grinch if he works out yeah, I mean that's a that is something that can't be ignored. The way that they handled that, and then you know maybe that's why they didn't want to hire or fire Mike Stoops in the first place is because he wasn't ready to go through all the you know headache of what it was going to cause. I just almost think that it was kind of one of those things, and it's it's easy to say this looking back on it, but it's almost like Lincoln thought we're going to be good enough offensively, maybe we can get away with this, and I. As a as a young head yeah, coach, maybe yeah. that's not the best way to look at it. And he'd probably tell you he'd be the first one to tell you he didn't handle that, you know, the best that he probably could have. But at the same time, I I think that they were almost like it's it's almost like a, a car that you know that you need to take in, but you don't want to just say you know basically f it and buy a new car. So you just keep taking it in and getting it repaired and kind of almost halfway putting it all together. And then at the very end, you're like. Shit, I've I've spent twenty thousand dollars. I should have just bought a brand new car. Is that maybe like sounds the worst like my, analogy in no. the history of the unofficial forty? It sounds or? like my air conditioning unit, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, but I look all that all that is dependent on Alex Grinch being successful. Exactly. Like he's got to turn it around first. Otherwise, it's just going to continue to be Lincoln Riley's all about offense, and they'll never turn around their recruiting on defense. They'll never, you know, they'll never be able to compete with LSU or Alabama or even Texas A&M, which, by the way, doesn't have to produce shit, but still gets anybody they want. S-C-C-S-C-C. So anyway, um, Josh, any final thoughts, or are you already gone? No, I'm still here. Okay, still here. I'm just. I know you got soaking up all this information. Out. No, you know, like I said, I I think there was. There's some interesting stuff. I I think it's, you know, we talked, um, or I don't know, maybe it was me listening to you guys last week talking about 
a lot of young guys, you know, maybe weren't jumping into it. I, I think it's pretty clear that Oklahoma likes some of their young talent. I mean, for these guys to even be on the depth chart. I mean, I didn't even notice Jeremiah Cradell is, is behind Radley Hiles and Sylvie. So yeah. I was just kind of looking over things. So, I mean, there was a lot of freshmen and sophomores or just new new names, new bodies. You know, you mentioned Isaiah Thomas, Laron Stokes. I mean, that defensive front, really, with the exception of Perkins and the nose tackles, is almost exclusively new people. I mean, just, just a total turnover there. Yeah, and I mean, the Cradell thing, I mean, he was mentioned, uh, you know, kind of steadily throughout camp. Um, and was he mentioned, Bob, as a nickel, though? See, I'm wondering if he had the Trey Norwood effect when Trey went down. That they said, he, Jeremiah, they you need yeah. to go from safety to nickel. Yeah. And try this out. Because I don't think he'd been mentioned right after the no. Trey Norwood injury. Like when that's when Grinch was naming uh, uh, names, basically, of who it was. So, Eddie has something he needs to share, I think. I was just informed on the Facebook chat that there is somebody complaining that Caleb Kelly was not included on the two deep. <laughs> uh, he's and now got I'm running to ACL. Facebook to find it out. Okay. He is running OU nightly now. Okay. Um, well, Josh, I guess we'll, we'll let you get on so you can get up to Frisco. I uh, know that's not a fun drive, but... Uh, Going to go check that out tonight. And then uh, you'll get very... Now, I don't think the Wahlburgers is open in Frisco yet, unfortunately, for you. I don't even think it's been started. Oh, are you, you're at the store, aren't you, tonight? No, I'm at uh, I'm at uh, Toyota. Ah. So, you know, soak up a little soccer. It's even further up than the star. Both those places are just unbelievable high school venues, though. Yeah. I mean, those but are I mean, pretty, one's two pretty MLS damn good soccer options. stadium, and the other is... Uh, the nicest practice facility in the country. But you can stop and get you some... Uh, you have Shake Shack in Houston, don't you? I think so, but I've never had it. And you guys talk about it enough that it, it's on my list of things that need to happen. Also, uh, lots of El Phoenixes in the Dallas area. You can take... That won't be happening. Take that's that's not a problem. Not a problem. I don't... Actually, you know I, what? I got to get home in an upset stomach while I drive. It's, <laughs> it's no good for anybody. You know what? I will say that you know, I, I know the difference between shit Mexican and good Mexican and I'll 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 gladly admit El, El Phoenix is shit Mexican but I love it um but uh, like Mikocina I think you would really enjoy that's very good okay. is that Italian place we went to the night before like the Big 12 championship oh, uh North Italia that's pretty good yeah that's real that's up there in Legacy uh can't remember if that's Park or West Legacy I'll West be sure it's West yeah it's Legacy West yeah I'll be sure to expense that one no, it's not that. I mean, it's like it's like uh, fast food it's, Italian. No, it's, it's like fancy. Fazoli on steroids. You have to, you have to be wearing nice clothes to go into that. I mean, you just have to be normal. white. Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> that kind of. It's a lot of white people in that part of Plano, or yeah, that is are, are, technically in Plano. What about my normal attire? Doesn't say nicely dressed, Carrie. I'm a little offended by this. Well, you are known for your flip flops, as am I. So mm, mm, mm-hmm. we set a terrible uh, example for the rest of. I, Bob's the only one you know, that dresses up. I'm I'm ready to go s- s- Sunday. Got a clean suit ready? I'm ready. Got a clean look? Trying. Got it a, is gonna. Got a, it's got been a shame. long time since we've had a uh, opening game. As far as like the weather being nice, it's gonna be beautiful. Yeah, it, yeah. Be, 
Yeah. It's going to be like in the 60s or something, isn't it? I mean, like almost. Well, I think 80s and then the but low. But it's going to drop yeah, down. It'll drop. It'll be, it's going to be perfect Sunday night. So that'll be nice. Um, but, yeah, uh, Josh, we'll let you get out of here. We're going to run down a little bit more of what we uh, talked to players and coaches about at practice this week before we get out of here. Uh, so appreciate it, and uh, we'll have you back next week, maybe, if Bob allows it. Oh, sounds good. I will be listening, and I listened last week, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> By the way, did you get some extra loving during your anniversary, at least? Uh, you know, I, I did want to alert Eddie that there is absolutely no risk of children, so we're going to be all good. <laughs> no worries. Well, I still have the calendar well, circled for nine months from and now. I, don't, so. I mean, I guess the, the guy that I know that went and got one went to a different type of doctor because he needed a donut, but people say that you don't need donuts. Yeah, there was people adamant. There are very strong the opinions on donut or not. Uh, I am I am restricted very little on what I can and cannot say on this podcast. I can say that there is no risk, but I didn't have any donut situation. There there was no cause for that. This is um, we're we're good though. There the McQuistian breeding factory is closed and it's no longer open for business. So, what if somebody pays will... you for your sperm? Well, I mean that offer happens a lot. Um, surprisingly, uh, there's a there's a lot of people that are like, boy, I'd really like my son to be a recruiting reporter someday. <laughs> we so have been it's, having it's the, really a, we have been having the discussion because of some of the selling Twitter, Josh's sperm. No, the Twitter oh. reaction oh, like, to Jalen Hurts and Alabama fans that uh, are female. We're wondering how many times Jalen Hurts has been propositioned by Alabama women, especially Cougars. I just I got to get this off my chest. I think it's weird. Is that okay to say? Like, I just think Tony's it's kind of. Tony's gonna be mad. I don't. I don't care. Like, I, I. I just think it's kind of. I don't know. Like, what other sports would you do? You see that? I guess NBA basketball is a little bit like you become a fan of a person or a right. player, and mm-hmm. you want to see them do well. And I. I don't have a problem with that. I it's told just, you, Alabama people are different, man. Yeah, and that's it's fine. A it's a passionate level. fan base. That's that's fine. And I know. I think it's. I know people got some of the, these fans got mad at me, but you're proving that you are on a different level. And you, you can, if you want to take that as a negative, fine. I'm not saying it's a negative. You have a passion that borders on uh, mental health issues. Like, th- I, that's an accurate medical diagnosis from me, Dr. Murdoch. Some of you have that. And I, I, I don't understand how I'm not how saying you're can't... over the line. I'm just saying you have, you, you have some issues. She and others like her seem like perfectly nice people. Yeah, but they're rabidly obsessive. Like, yeah. I, I, those two things can be true. Like, they don't. It doesn't have to be one or the other. They 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 both can exist together. And I'm sorry, but you know, if I mean nobody was, I don't know of anybody that was following Trevor Knight to go watch A and M games after he transferred out. Maybe some people in the BFJ army were. Yeah. Did, did Connor even watch his game? I mean, they were well. They weren't forty and fifty year old women. No, that's that. They that were is true. super hot Instagram models. That's I true. It's true. Or Clemson cheerleaders. It's different. It's different. I mean, Katy Perry openly campaigned to bang him on national television. Yeah, looking back on it too, that was the right decision not to pursue that on Trevor Knight's part. Well, at the time, it wasn't. Yeah, that's true. Now that's true. you can say that Katy Perry. Now he wasn't getting Katy Perry. Now. You get Katy Perry in 2000 and what was that? 14? Yeah, she was going into the Super Bowl. She had a lot less mileage on those tires then. Although she had a lot of mileage then. Was she banging Russell Brand she at that time? She married Russell Brand. 
Married. Wow. She had just gotten divorced not too long before that. Oh. Because you just assume he really is all the snow. Like snow. You just assume that's really his life story. That's that he's just a walking no, STD. Oh, I, I do, Josh. That's basically okay, okay. who I that's who I envision Russell Brand as. Him Do you know him from forgetting Sarah Marshall or yeah. get him to the Greek or both? Both. Okay. But more so uh not Sarah Marshall, the other one. Get him to the Greek. Get, get him, him to the, the Greek. Because that But the, forgetting the, Sarah Marshall, probably a top fifteen movie in my uh, movie. It's great, man. It's in my movie, movie Rolodex. Wow, I mean, it's it's amazing that we can share a movie. Dracula <laughs> musical. <laughs> That's what Bob loves about it. Now it I do is. get I do <laughs> get is. I do get Jason Sudeikis and uh, Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel and Jason. I those two I get completely. How mixed up. Jason Sudeikis is married to Olivia? What's her name? Wild. Like I don't know. You don't. Do you know who Olivia Wilde is? I know who Olivia Munn is. We went to high school together. They're very close friends on Twitter, by the way. <laughs> Well, I'm followed by Chrissy Teigen, so there. I don't believe that. Go look it up. I think I will. Go look it up, bitches. Am I going to look it up and she's going to be one of those people that follows like fight like Soledad O'Brien follows like 254,000 people? No, she follows like 4,000 people. I think me and Kersey are one. And Kersey is only followed because he sucked up to her and told her how he bought her cooking books and all her cooking utensils. And he was mad because she followed me, but not him. That's not a good look, Kersey. Come on. Oh, You're Kersey. Thirsty. Yeah, she See, now 5, you get a podcast, Kersey. Now the war is the on. Thirst okay? is real. All right, I'm going to follow her. The Kersey this thirst. A, this will be a test. Uh-huh. I'm going to follow her. We'll see if she follows Does back. Does Jared follow you? Yes, follow well. Yeah. Okay. I think all of them. Because I think she probably follows me because she's friends with Lily Aldridge, and then therefore she's friends with the follow wills. And Jared and I talk on twitter and stuff and so i think that's why she started following me we'll see let's see how this goes the thirst is real here i can't believe we're twitter thirst trapping chrissy Teigen on the podcast <laughs> didn't see that heading in the Get OU Houston. <laughs> it, it's amazing i was supposed to leave 10 minutes ago and i stayed for this all right go get okay, out of here we'll see you josh all right later guys okay uh we will get back to football josh is gone even if he was still there. He derails everything. I don't know if that was really him. <laughs> we kind of all have our hand in doing that. Okay, so back to uh, football. We did get a chance to talk to Jalen Hurts. Uh, Tony, I, I, to be honest, I love your passion. It's, it's, I don't want to say you're mentally ill. I'm sorry if it came off that way. Uh, it's just I don't, I don't get going that far. I just, it's crazy. I mean, I'm not saying you're crazy. I'm just saying... That's Alabama. Like, nothing surprises me about the Alabama fan. So, uh, we did have a chance to talk to uh, Jalen Hurts about being named the captain. Something he never was at Alabama. Of all the, all the you know, the way that people revere him, uh, he never was the captain at Alabama. Uh, and he talked about becoming the captain at Oklahoma. Uh, that's, that's probably the biggest thing to me up to this point. Um, you know, I know at Alabama... Um, I played a significant role on a lot of their teams there in my three years. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, not being a captain, being being a captain was always my goal and, and really one of my dreams, going down in the Denny Times and all of that. But um, at this home with this family, um, my teammates have voted me captain. Um, and 
you know, only been here seven and a half, eight months, or whatever, eight months. Um, it's it's a blessing, you know. It's it's kind of surreal, um, but I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. Uh, go ahead, Eddie. Two things. Mm-hmm. Denny chimes. Had no idea what that was. Had to go home and look it up last night. It's a chimes uh, bell tower in the middle of uh, Tuscaloosa, mm-hmm. in the middle of campus. Mm-hmm. Every captain gets their hands and feet put in cement. Thought that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I had no idea that they did that. Uh, the other thing. Just listening to that, and somebody put it on the board, and I, I kind of laughed at it and thought it was an old comment, but the more I started thinking about it, I'm going to ask you guys, is Jalen Hurts, from a leadership standpoint, almost the perfect, uh, not example, but the perfect fit for what Oklahoma needs right now as far as, you know, they've gone through the leadership and captainship of Baker. He was boisterous. Uh, Kyler kind of just had a little bit of a fig jam in him. Uh, you just kind of followed, and you kind of knew that he was going to be good because all he's done his entire life is is win. And then you have Jalen Hurts now that is a third different personality, but perhaps a better fit for what they have because they don't really have that, you know, that I, I don't want to say they don't have that guy that's going to go out in front of people and talk because I don't think Jalen Hurts is that guy. But at the same time, maybe just a more of a, a workman-like attitude as far as he just is here to – basically be on that you tour of what I've been kind of talking about the last Mm -hmm. couple weeks. Is that kind of perfect for what this team needs? I don't know if it's perfect, but it might be perfect for some guys like Theo Weiss and Trajan Bridges and and Jaden Hazelwood. That's kind of what I'm getting at. And you know who else it's good for? Spencer Spencer Rattler. Oh, yeah. I think it's good for Spencer Rattler to see that. Because, I mean, Bob, you watched all the QB1, right? I did. And he kind of had, did he have a little shithead in him a little bit, or was he? I I think what most people took away from it, it was the way he interacted with the backup quarterback. And they couldn't tell if he they were such good friends that when they went back and forth with each other, mm-hmm. they didn't care. Or if Rattler was just, just dogging him, dick him the entire yeah. time. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I only watched the end just to get the context of it. and I'm planning on going back and seeing the whole thing but I just watched the end to get the context of it uh and I saw some of that and I didn't think that he was being a jerk but then I saw other people comment on the way he reacted on the field and you know the thing he said to some of his teammates that they felt like it was kind of I don't know disrespectful but not really okay or whatever a little bit if again I think that was the biggest thing is if you don't know his relationship with the backup quarterback then you didn't know how to take their interactions. But it's got to be, like, if you're coming to Oklahoma and you're Spencer Rattler and you know the history of, like, Baker Mayfield and you see him in Cleveland and you know how he is, it's like every kid probably thinks, oh, it's okay for me to act like that if I'm at Oklahoma. When, in theory, you it's not. I mean, you have to be a hell of a football player. And let's face it, Baker wasn't, as Eddie said, boisterous which I don't know if you got toilet paper of the day going right now, but you're using all kinds of cool stuff over there lately. Um, You went fig jam there too. I noticed that. I took pre-workout before I came. (laughs) Kind of wired up. Um, But, but like Baker had to earn that type of personality. No, he was not. mm -mm. So to think that you can walk in and just be that guy, that's a mistake. And to see that, it doesn't, not everybody has to do it that way. 
And this is the way Jalen Hurts. Now, Jalen has to be successful or else everybody's going to say, well, you just do it like Baker. Like, But everybody copies everybody. It's just like C.D. Lamb saying shit in the middle of an interview. It's like, how many times has he seen Russell Westbrook cuss? That was pretty awesome. Or people in the NBA, like, it's just no big deal in interviews. It's, 20, it's 2019, Eddie. People need to get used to it. People cuss. I'm going to pray for him. Just don't pray for me. Don't worry. Um, okay, so uh, Jalen Hurts also, I think, you know, we talked about his followers and, uh, you know, the fans that he still has from Alabama. And I think Jalen, for the, you know, not for the most part, he has been. He's been very respectful of everyone that supports him at Alabama. But yesterday, you know, he almost, it was almost to me like he was saying, look, it's time for me to move on from that. I'm at Oklahoma now. And I'll just let you guys hear this and you tell me if you think that's what he was saying. Even after leaving Alabama, I feel like the fans down there are still rooting for you, still seem to love you. Um, what, what, where does that connection come from? I mean, how did you establish such a strong connection with that fan being base? The, being the best, best version of myself. I don't know. I don't, I don't go out there and try to be anything I'm not. I'm not I'm never going to pretend to be something I'm not. Um, I got a great appreciation for it. You know, Alabama fans, and um, I hope they support me, continue to support me. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm here with the, the OU family now, so hope I have their support too. <laughs> hope, we, hope we can do some special stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, it was almost like him, to me, it was like him saying, look, I'm a Sooner now. And he was wearing OU gear last night. Yeah, he was. Uh-oh. I haven't seen him not wear OU gear since camp started, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think we need to retire that joke at some point. Uh, it just, in a way, I think that he's probably over it. I also, he's being respectful still. I mean, yeah, for sure. But I, I definitely he'll never think turn that, his back on his Alabama no, days. Never. And well, I don't think why would he? I don't think. Yeah. I mean, that's given him a lot of opportunity. Uh, basically, I mean, and let's be honest, Alabama gave him the opportunity to get to, to Oklahoma and probably, you know, I, I think that in progress his career, I don't think anybody's mad about it. He wasn't going to play this year at Alabama. Let's be honest. When I, I, I follow Trevor Knight on Instagram and whenever I see him uh, tweeting out stuff in A&M gear and like, I'm great to be back in college. So I'm like, mm, really? Mm, OK, well, I'd be doing it for retweets, but. I, I do but what think... I'm saying is, like, Jalen Hurts is probably always going to be an Alabama guy. I mean, sure. like, unless he wins a national championship here, then it changes everything. Sure. But mostly college football is going to look at him as an Alabama, an Alabama guy and because he's Alabama. Just because if he came, if he transferred here from Nickel State or something, no, he'd be an Oklahoma guy. But he transferred from Alabama. I do think that there was a little bit of last night. Like, I, I that was probably as open uh as joyful as he's been if that's a he was maybe a weird from being he was very excited for that and i think it was something that in a way was a little bit of a you know if we want to talk about the fu tour it was a little bit of a you know i should have been a captain at alabama type thing Mm -hmm. and now i finally have like checked that box on his career resume didn't you think so bob for sure. I mean, he mentioned flat out that being a big goal of, of his. And you think about it, like, in 2016, he's a freshman. That's not going to happen, even though they go to national championship game. 2017, still a sophomore. You don't know how good he's going to be. That's when he has the awesome year before being replaced in halftime championship game. 
So you're thinking heading into the junior season, that would have been the time it could have happened. Like what we saw Trevor Knight be named captain, even though Baker was the starter. Mm-hmm. But when that doesn't happen, that door sort of closes for him to be the guy, Tuscaloosa. So, yeah, I think it, it meant a lot to him because voted by the teammates. And I think I didn't think it was going to be Hurts. I thought it was going to be Lamb. If if I don't know why it's narrowed down to four. Like it has to be four guys or something. But if there was going to be four guys, I thought it was going to be Lamb and Creed in terms of guys on offense. Well, congratulations, Jalen Hurts. You can go to Big 12 Media Days next year and represent the... Oh, he's a senior. <laughs> oh. Uh, he can do something. He can, I don't know what he'll do. <laughs> I, don't, I was going to make something up, but I don't even know there. what he would do. Yeah. Uh, so here's CeeDee Lamb talking about Jalen Hurts a little bit. Are you excited for him? Just just knowing what he's been through, you know, the journey he's been on here, and, and just to get it to get, for him to go out there and show what he can do for fans. Are you excited just to see that part of it oh yeah most definitely uh the guy can ball and i can't wait and he slept on obviously a lot believe it or not and um he's gonna do a great job of imposing his will on anybody and i can't wait to see it just for the show and uh for the olds being slept on means that uh, people have not been giving him his due his proper due his props who's that Surely people know what slept on means. I think so. Yes. You can't be old enough to not know. I don't like, think you pay attention to sports if you don't know what that means these days. Yeah. No and doubt. and let me tell you, everybody's being slept on, no matter if you're the number one <laughs> player in the country or if you're the oh, 150. I think I've seen Odell Beckham Jr. talk about how the Browns have been slept on recently. No. Everybody's talking about no. you, but No, no. I do think it's funny. Uh, okay, now... Yeah, you know, we've we've talked a lot about uh, you know the fact that the depth chart was released. We broke it down. Uh, we highlighted you know Trajan Bridges was an or uh, along with Jaden Hazelwood and Charleston Rambo. Uh, Theo Weese was second along with A.D. Miller behind C.D. C.D. Lamb, uh, and then Austin Stogner uh, was on the depth chart as well. C.D. Lamb actually was asked about the young guys, all four of those guys, and his impressions. Who's going to have to wait and find out? Could it change every week, I guess? Is... I mean, yeah, everybody, you never know who's going to have a high hand. That's how, that's how I feel. That's just how this offense goes. And I cut that up bad. Uh, my apologies. But basically, he was saying uh, he, he, did, he had no idea who the number two wide receiver was going to be because, uh, you know, everybody is capable of basically um, – stepping up at any time which i think he's not screwing around like he's so close with charleston rambo i figured he might say like oh it's i i think charleston rambo yeah, will be that like, guy rambo's made the leap you need to stop sleeping on him you know but it i'm you know, i don't know i mean i thought he this would be his time if it was gonna happen it's going You'd to see, be you and we didn't see rambo it's going to be this season if and it's then, ever gonna happen and then an or after him like right. it, he was included in the or so he didn't outright win the job which is i think probably the one you know disappointment of that that depth chart on offense outside of the lying about um, rj proctor unless trajan and Jaden are just so damn good that you yeah. can't keep him off the field. It doesn't matter how good Rambo is. There's no definitive number one guy there because they're all going to bring something to the table. And you know what it also says to me is that uh, 
besides, you know, all those slot guys, I mean, Michael Jones and Drake Stoops, they really like those guys because I think Bridges would have been in that mix. That it's almost like he been, got bumped to the outside, right? The versatility, the entire camp, go inside, outside. Because I said he'd be the number one guy because he'd be the slot. He'd be inside. He'd get the most chances. He'd make the most of them. But if they're going to move him outside, yeah, it does speak well to what maybe some Michael Jones or what Basquin brings to the table too. All right, uh, want to kind of wrap it up here? Let's let's do it this way. What do you, and and we've got predictions to write still, um, but Bob, I'll start with you. What is not a score prediction? I'm not really interested in that. How do you think, as far as the the game goes, the tone of it? What is your expectation Sunday? I think it's gonna be back and forth for at least the first quarter and a half, and it's gonna be that first turnover that gets everyone to exhale mm-hmm. and start playing like the way they need to. I don't know if it's going to be a fumble or interception, but when they get that first turnover, then they start to separate, and then you start seeing the defense play a lot more freely instead of being so... I think it'll be really wound up and tight. I do. I think they're going to be so focused on making the takeaways, the two per game that Grinch has talked about, and trying so hard to prove what happened the last two years as a thing in the past that they might actually make a couple mistakes in the in the first couple of years. Boat race. Really? I think it's going to be an ass-kicking. I think it's, it's going to be closer to last year as far as Oklahoma, Florida, Atlantic, and built nice. up into a game that people thought, well, this could be an upset special type thing, when in reality, and don't get me wrong, I, I think that De'Eric, uh, Derek King is very, very good. I think good. it's De'Eric now. Is it I think we established, yeah. I think he's very good, but at the same time, look at the teams that he tore up last year. It was the two lanes. It was, and then the, he was hurt, and he didn't have to like he didn't play in the bowl game against Army. Like, yeah, and I, I just, I, I think it's one of those things that, not necessarily Houston's running into a freight train. I don't want to, I don't think OU's going to win seventy to three, but I think there's a better chance that it's a blowout and closer to what Vegas thinks, as opposed to, you know, you look up in the fourth quarter and it's a one possession game. When you say blowout, would you say like 50 to 17 or 21, something like that? Yeah, I'd though? buy that. 50, 52, 21, something like okay. that. Like I, Just trying to gauge what I think you think 75%, the defense will be. 75, 80% of the money is coming in on uh, Houston. And usually in that scenario, I love to fade the public because Vegas makes money off of people like that that look at lines and say, that's way too big. And I just I it's easier for Oklahoma to play this game at home. Uh, you know, King starting in Norman, it's it it just kind of plays into the thought that I think OU could win and OU wins by a lot. Uh I think this is the most important quote, uh, the important soundbite to remember from this week. And this is from Lincoln Riley during his press conference on Monday. Doesn't matter if they go well, don't go well. It's going to be you. Can, the one thing you can guarantee is it's going to be complete overreaction by the public on every part of it. So that that's just that's just the nature of the beast that we deal with. You know, for us, uh, Houston certainly is, I think, fair to say, more of a challenge offensively than what we saw uh, in our non-conference last year. I don't think there's any doubt about that, especially with the quarterback. I mean, he's just he's a he's a game changer for them, uh, but. You know we're going to go play this one as hard as we can, and then we're going to then we'll get ready for the next one. And no one has is has, has been uh, emphatic in terms of 
oh, yeah, this thing's going to, it's going to turn around immediately. Like the players, the coaches, they are all prepared for a process that is going to take place in this defense getting better. But no one, look, what I'm trying to say is fans don't go in there expecting three and outs every time Houston is on offense. Don't go in there expecting a shutout. You're going to be disappointed. The players aren't going in there with that. Like they're going in there with mentality. They want to, you know, they want to win every play, but they also want to get turnovers. Uh, They want to get the ball back to their offense. They want to play fast, but they're, they're not going to be ready to go over on the sidelines and commit Harry Carey. If they give up a score, they know that this defense and, and fixing this defense is going to be a process. Cause that's like one thing I was asking guys this week. Um, how are you going to deal with adversity? And every single person said, there's going to be adversity. We just have to deal with it and move on and, you know, listen to our coaches. I think there was a quote from, uh, I think it might've been chance. Sylvie might've been, it was either Chance Silver or Patrick Fields. I can't remember. One of the two. And he just said something as far as you give up a big play, make a big play the, the next play. I think it was Chance Sylvia that said it. I, yeah. I kind of like that. I was trying to see if I had uh, some people talking about that, but I can't get it pulled up. So I, I do think OU will win this by... I don't know if they're going to cover the spread. What was it like? It went up to like 37 or something today? Or 27? I wasn't it the start of 28. I have no clue what what that. Means. I was looking this morning. I don't have it. I'm, I'm surprised Eddie doesn't have it by memory, um, Mr. Parlay. But the what? Sorry. The the line on this game. Oh, well, tonight. Yeah. OU's I mean, game. tonight. <laughs> I'm 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 doing some gambling stuff right now. Uh, it, His head was buried in his cell phone. 26 and a half. I think is the number right. I think now. it was 27 this morning. Um, I don't know. I don't think they'll cover that. I just, I think, and I feel that way about every team that's out there playing this weekend that's had major turnover in either quarterbacks, coordinators, uh, or even head coaches. Like, I just don't think that a lot of people are going to cover the first week that are really big favorites. And 27 against Houston, that's a big number. It's a big number. See what Clemson is tonight against 37, a right? conference opponent. Is it 37? Yeah, 36, Whoa. 37 against Georgia Tech. And it was like 35 yesterday or something. Like that number. Oh, it's a, it, it, climbed, it, it opened at like 27 and just started rising. Wow. Still hasn't stopped. It's crazy. Does anybody have the ACC network in Oklahoma? I don't know, do what, we? Where is it? Like, is it on Cox? Is it? What is I don't it? know if Cox even offers it. Who offers it? I though? guess I don't. You'd have to be <laughs> on like DirecTV or something okay. like that, I guess. Yeah, I don't have it. So anyway, uh, guys, uh, I, any final thoughts? I mean, game time. Let me remind everybody, uh, if you're not a subscriber to the Oklahoma Sooners post game, uh, go to iTunes, click on subscribe. We will stay up late. You got to stay. On <laughs> Sunday night. crazy. Uh, be an all-nighter. It will be an all-nighter for Eddie and I because we have morning radio shows, but at least Lincoln has moved his press conference to Tuesday, so uh, we can get to kind of sleep in. Well, no, we we can stay up, but then we can go to sleep after our radio shows. That's how I'm planning. Don't do it. But we will be burning the midnight oil to provide you a post-game podcast. So uh, thanks to uh, Eskridge Lexus, who is uh, sponsoring it uh, once again this year. Uh, so, Ed, uh, shouts out to you. 
those checks will continue to come in or be those invoices i guess should they'll be sent and they'll be taking care of us uh uh with trips this year which is always great getting to test out the new uh cars on lexus so go by and see and even if you're listening to dallas whatever uh look up eskridge lexus uh in uh, give them a call tell them uh, you listen to the sooner scoop podcast and they will do you a deal on a new Lexus. So uh, go and subscribe. Oklahoma Sooners pod, uh, post game. Oklahoma Sooners post game. Uh, we're on Spotify now. Uh, that is on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, uh, Oklahoma Sooners post game. So we'll be back on uh, Sunday night, early Monday morning. Uh, so on your Labor Day weekend, you'll be able to listen to our post game pod. Uh, appreciate Bob and Eddie for being troopers on that as well. Uh, and uh, I'll open up the floor one last time. Any final thoughts before OU takes on Houston? I'm just ready for Sunday. It's always weird. Like you find yourself sitting in the press box going like, God, it's it's a new season. I can't believe it. Because it seems like it. we just stopped. I mean, there's been a lot of shit that's gone on, but it doesn't seem like we've been gone from the Orange Bowl that long ago, which is nice. Eddie? Any final thoughts, awful or otherwise? No, I don't think so. Ready to get this thing going. All right. Uh, We're ready to. We'll be, uh, check us out, Soonerscoop.com. Now that you've got the Wi-Fi in the stadium, you can follow the Sooner Scoop account. If you're not, if you listen to this podcast, you don't follow at Sooner Scoop on Twitter. I don't know what's wrong with you. Also, Facebook.com slash Sooner Scoop. So you can keep up with us uh, as we'll be live tweeting throughout the game. Uh, Also uh, doing our instant analysis on the Crimson Corner. Uh, so uh, go check us out. Support the pod by supporting Soonerscoop.com. Grab yourself a membership. And uh, we'll be back again for the post-game pod and back again on the unofficial 40 next week after the Sooners play Houston in the home opener. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back again next week on the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.